This week on the Cyber Sector 7 podcast, I'm your host, Kyle Reese, and we're going to be having a bit of a different episode. So, usually I go into some very technical topics I'll talk about. Last week I talked about Tor, the week before I talked about VPNs, I've talked about browsers, I talked about hacking, OSINT, privacy, and security. This episode is going to be a little different. It's not going to be my usual episode. Um, It's going to follow the same format, but I have two major topics I want to touch on. And because of that, I have I've broken things down a little bit differently. So instead of just one major topic like we usually talk about, it's just going to it's going to be two. So it's going to be split up and we're going to answer questions like we usually do. But the topics are, are going to be a little different. One major one. The first topic that is the major difference is we're going to be talking about sextortion scams. I've gotten an attempt to be scammed myself and several friends recently, and I've even got people contacting me on DMing me on different social media asking me, hey, this is going on. Oh, what can I do? What do I need to do? What are some steps I can take to prevent this from happening in the future? Because inevitably, you know, these kinds of things will happen to some of us or someone we know. So I'm going to be talking about what are they, how they work, and some great ways to defend against it. In my second half, I'm going to be telling you the best way, in my opinion, that you can go out and start learning hacking, start learning OSINT, privacy, and security. The best ways to go do it. If you want to go do it now and fast, this is the episode to listen to. So make sure you listen to the end because I'm going to be giving out a whole list of things I've made and things that will help you and get you started on your journey. Thank you so much for listening. And before we get into the rest of the episode, you know what we got to do. Got to crack the Fago. I always have a drink. I always drink something. So here we go. This one is a genuine Fago orange today. So thanks so much for listening, guys. And I hope you stay till the end of the episode. All right. Let's go ahead and get into this This beef of the uh, episode here. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Get it out of the way. Sextortion. What is it? How does it work? How do we defend against it? What can we do to prevent it from happening to us? Because inevitably, it's going to happen to one of us. It's going to happen to someone we know. If it hasn't, you know, before to anyone we know or to us, chances are we're going to, we've at least heard of it. Chances are it's probably going to be attempted to happen to us. And it's something we need to look out for. Now, when I was scripting this episode, when I was going through and really thinking about how I want to approach this, I decided to break sextortion into two main categories. There is sextortion blackmail, and then there is sextortion scamming. And there are two major differences in that, and, and each one has its, I'm not going to say pros and cons, but each one has its differences. Neither of them have pros, but each one has its differences. So, let's go ahead and talk about what it is. And I'm sure a lot of you already know, but for those of you that don't, just sit and listen. And for those of you that do know, just just sit and listen, please. And if I'm wrong on some of this stuff, please feel free to correct me, but I have done some research into this and talked to quite a few people that it's happened to, quite a few people that it's talked to happen to, and walked someone this week through some steps she can take to avoid this. 
So I'm not going to mention her name, but thank you for bringing light to this this topic, and it needs to be talked about. So we have it: sextortion blackmail and sextortion scams. Let's talk about sextortion blackmail. So let's say we're gonna make up a name here, Alex, and this is there is no real Alex. We'll, we'll name him John Doe. How about that? John Doe sends a nude picture of himself to Jane Doe. Now, John Doe and Jane Doe, I hope you wouldn't assume to be related. They're from two completely different parts of the world. Um, But anyway, so John sends Jane a nude photo of himself. Now, Jane gets mad at John because they break up a, a, a while down the road they they end up splitting up and parting ways well jane says hey i've got this nude photo of you you're a prominent member of your community if you don't pay me x amount of money then i'm going to expose you that is sextortion that is illegal and that is blackmail now let's say she says i'm going to send it to all of your friends i'm going to send it to all of your your friends on social media or whatever that's blackmail, and that's someone you know. So, in this sense, now remember, I am not a legal advisor, but in this sense, your best bet is to probably go to the law, explain what's going on, um, tell. Ev- it, sometimes people go ahead, and I've seen stories where people will go ahead and make it public before they get exposed. That's kind of ammo, saying, "Hey, they already know. What are you gonna do?" But that's extortion. That's illegal, and you probably should seek seek out the police and something like that and explain what's going on and hire an attorney but today what we're going to be focusing on is sextortion scams and how to protect yourself against them and that's where we can come in as as let the the tech community and the privacy community and the security community and say hey there are ways we can protect against this so so what can we do well that's, that's a really good question, if you're asking that question. The first thing we can do to prevent it before it even happens is go through all of your social media, every one of them, make your, if you can, and make your friends lists private. I know on Instagram you can make your followers list or following list. I can't remember which one it is. I want to say it's your followers. I'm not too sure on that. But you can go ahead and make those private. Someone tries to click on it and see who you follow or who your followers are. I'm not too sure which one it is. I know you can make that private. And they can. you can make it where no one can see that. On Facebook, you can make your friends list private. Um, I'm not too sure about Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat. I'm not never liked Snapchat. I don't like what it stands for. But I'm sure there are ways to circumvent it with, their, with Snapchat. Um, with most social media, though, you have the option to be more private if you have to use it. I prefer not to have personal accounts for any of them. I have business accounts for what I'm doing this with and, of course, accounts like Sock Puppets for use in legal matters and, and skip tracing. But other than that, it's best if you, for your personal accounts to keep all your friends lists private. That is number one. Now, what can we do to circumvent it from ever happening? What's what's another step we can we can take? Well, let's say not signing up for a whole bunch of stuff with our phone number and our email. When you, we put that information out there, those those credentials can be leaked. Those, those pieces of data can be leaked, and then we can be setting ourselves up to be scammed. You see where it can start falling apart. So let's stop putting our information out there. 
stop giving social media so much of our personal information to where they immediately can tell the difference between tons of things and tell who we are and what we're about and if we're going to fall for the scam or not. So that's important too. We really need to, to boost our privacy. Make it make things private. Don't sign up for tons of social media. Don't don't friend every person that comes along. And that's another thing we need to talk about. So let's say you get a friend request out of nowhere and it says that it's the same account as your relative that you knew growing up or your old high school sweetheart, for instance. Now this is a lot of information that can be quickly figured out with just a little bit of OSINT. It, it really is. It's information that can be easily found out. So you're like, oh, that's my, my old high school sweetheart or my old cousin or or my buddy from when we went to grade school together or, or whatever. So you say, oh, that could be them. Let me friend them. That can be an a account that was just created to look like them. And then they hit you up and try to sextort you in your DMs. Or let's say you have your buddy's number, right? And you and your buddy, you guys have been friends a long time. Your buddy ain't never made a Facebook account. Or maybe he did make a Facebook account. And then you get a strange friend request from someone that looks like your buddy. Okay? So, you're like, well, man, I, I tell you what. I don't. I ain't never, ever seen him friend request me before because we've been friends for two years on Facebook. Well, that, that could, it could be a scam or it could be your friend. You don't know. You don't know if you should accept it or not because you're already friends with your, with your buddy. So... Call him. Uh, message him on his other account. Say, hey, is this you? Uh, text him if you have his actual phone number. Say, hey, is this you that sent me a friend request? It may sound sketchy, but you know what? Who's to say it isn't them? Who's to say it is them? You don't know. So there's no harm in getting that second factor of authentication there. There's no harm in just finding out, hey, if it's him or not. So just call them, ask them, message them on another platform that there isn't a second account on, and just ask. That's a great way to do it. Whenever I see strange accounts, if it's not, hey, if it's someone I don't personally know, then I'm not going to accept it. If it's someone I do know, and they're trying to friend me, I will just call them. I have their number. I have their their signal profile. I don't know what you want to call it on signal. Um, I have multiple ways to get in contact with everyone. So I'm going to use another way to be like, hey, is this you? Do I need to be worried about this? Is this something I should be worried about? So that's, that's one way to do it. But what happens if you do get rigged? You do get scammed and someone's trying to say, hey, I have this nude photo of you and I want you to pay up. And you didn't take all these necessary precautions. What can you do? So let's describe a scenario here. Joe Schmo, he slides into your DMs. He, he, he sends you, and this happened to someone I know a few months ago. I've been wanting to talk about this. So, Joe Schmo slid up in my friend's direct messages, his DMs, and said, Hey, I'm going to send you this picture. And send, send him a picture of a nude photo. And then in that nude photo... It, it was just an absurd, obscene picture. And then he says, I'm going to send this to every friend you have on social media if you don't pay me $250. Or it was .00 something Bitcoin. I don't know exactly what it was. Well, 
that sounds like a scam. And the picture wasn't of my friend. He likes to make jokes about it, but he it wasn't of my friend at all. And he asked me, he said, hey, listen, Kyle, what can I do in this situation? What can I do? And I just told him, I said, look, the best thing you can do. Now, remember, this is not legal advice. This is just, I'm just a guy with a podcast who, who can give you tech tips and, and tricks that have worked for me and other people in the past. If you do any of these things and it doesn't work for you, I'm telling you now, this is just what's worked for me. I'm not promising you this will work. But this is not legal advice. But what, what worked for him and what I helped him work on was we set up, since all of his friends were public at the time, which we later made private and I set his account up to work for him, we sent everyone, we tagged everyone in a post that said, hey, I am currently, someone is trying to scam me and they are trying to send a nude photo of me to all of you. I want you to know that photo is not of me. If it is and you do get a message from this person, just know it's not of me, and if it is, you do not have permission to look at it. That can protect you in, in some sense. Now, remember, that's not legal advice, but that's one way to go about it. Make sure everyone knows, hey, you know, this is going on. Someone's trying to scam me. It's not of me, but they're threatening me. Don't pay. Don't pay. Because a lot of these things, when they say, we want this this $250 or whatever, $500 or $1,000, it's not usually hand-picked. It's usually mass-spammed, it's usually a bot, and they'll just leave you alone eventually. If you just leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. And what's the worst that can happen? They send a picture out that's not even of you, or a picture where they cropped your face into it. If you just tell everybody, hey, it's not real, that's not me, that's fake, that's, that's deep-faked, you should be protected in that. Now, you can contact authorities and get author- authorities involved. I personally have found that that doesn't really help. It hasn't helped me. It may help you in your situation. But that that is something I really wanted to talk about is sextortion because it's getting rampant. These bots, they're going around. They are doing nothing but essentially terrorizing people. And it needs to be taken care of. And the best way to take care of it is for everybody to know. If you get a message like that and you get something that seems fishy where they're trying to sextort you, block them. Block them, report the account, screenshot what you can, make a post about it, make it public, tag everybody in it, let everybody know, hey, this is what's going on, and if you get anything, you don't have permission to view that, please delete it. Whether they do it or not, that's their personal life, but that's your photo. So, just go through and make sure that that, that's something you do. You need to, to set your security up, Make sure you put your boundaries up, put your wall up, and if it does leak through, someone does get to you, make sure you have a contingency plan. That contingency plan is, what did we say? Tag everybody, make a post, send everybody a a message. It can be tedious, but it can pay off in the long run. Don't pay the ransom. Remember that, just do not pay the ransom. It's not worth it, it's not worth your time, it's not worth your money. And it's usually just fake. They usually don't have a picture or it's a stock image of a nude photo that they downloaded online. You can always do a reverse image search on it. Now, 
With this episode, I want you, as my listeners, to spread the word. Now, I'm not saying go around and tell everybody to come listen to my podcast because it will help them avoid this extortion scandal. You have this information now. You are responsible for this information. It is now in your brain. It is your job to make it known to everybody else how these things work and how you can avoid them. And if they do happen, how you can handle them and how you can have a contingency plan. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're probably pretty young and this wouldn't affect you. But with a lot of older people, and I'm not trying to judge here, but with a lot of older people who aren't used to using technology and just they don't care when these kinds of things happen, they freak out, your best bet is to go ahead and let them know. Tell them what I've told you. If you have something better, tell them but make it known to everybody not to fall for these things because they're getting rampant they're getting big and they're they're getting to the point where they're just being mass spammed out there to tons of people so just remember that it's a scam don't fall for it don't pay up and if if it does happen to you make a post about it so that's what we're going to talk about there but now we're going to go ahead and get into some questions and take an ad break It is that time of the episode where I start to answer your questions, review your comments, and share your information that you may have something interesting that you'd like to say. This is where I go ahead and share it. So, with all of these, I will try to respond to you and let you know that you made it in the podcast in my little halftime show that I love to do. This is my favorite part. I look forward to it every week. I see these things coming in my email and I see these notifications and I get so excited when I see something that I want to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and talk about it. So you guys just stay buckled up in your seat and in the snap of a second I will have it pulled up on my phone and I will be talking about it. So on one of my videos someone comments, uh, if it's legal, why the robber's mask? It's not a robber's mask, it is a reflective visor. Um, and honestly, I just don't want my face on the internet. Never been on the internet. Don't like it on the internet. Don't like posting it on the internet. It's just, I don't trust my face on the internet, and I have a right to that. So, I think it's just a fun way to be creative and cover my face when I make videos. Because I, I still like that connection, if you, if you understand. I really do enjoy that connection with you guys. Being able to see the camera, and you see kind of me but not that full connection you gotta leave a little mystery you know just for fun but no honestly i just don't want my face on the internet that's that's all but thank you let's see we have another good one right here let's see someone says uh they say your anon mask is showing in the reflection he's talking about the reflection of my visor they're going to keep an eye on you for hacking stay safe um well first of all it, it's a symbol for something much bigger than just just hacking. Now, I know it's associated with hacking, and I have done quite a bit of that in my life, but far, as far as the illegal part of things, that's that's a whole another life put past. That was a long time ago, and I am, I'm all over here on the good side now. I am, I'm completely white hat, 
and I've never really been fully terribly a terrible person, but I have played around with some things, and I will admit that, and I'm way past the statute of limitations on those things, but I fully encourage legal hacking, and I encourage hacktivism. I consider myself a hacktivist. That's what I make this podcast about. That's what the tattoo on my arm represents, is hacktivism. To me, that, that represents hacktivism. I have a glider on my arm. As some of you may know, as you've seen my videos, I make it public. But... But yeah, I, I, I am aware they're probably going to keep an eye on me for it, but I've had lots of things taken down before, and it's it's been a whole nightmare, but I'm not breaking the law, and I know I'm not breaking the law, and that's all that counts. And you guys, my listeners, if any of you have good knowledge in these this niche, I reckon you would call that, you know I'm not breaking the law. Freedom of information is a great thing, and I believe in freedom of information, and that's what I use this platform to preach. So, but but thank you for for saying that, and I do appreciate your concern. All right, this one this one's a bit of a funny one. Someone commented on one of my videos I was booting from a USB, and I'd made a joke that it's going to take me forever to figure out which key it is to boot from a USB when I restart my computer, and. I have several different computers, I think I've mentioned that before, and they're just all different on every one. I've had a ton of computers before, and they're just different on every one. But he comments, uh, dark web surfer, but can't even remember the boot to USB key. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're completely right on that. Um, I was fixing my brother's computer today, and it was F9. I have not seen one with F9. I'm sure some of you have, but I hadn't seen one with F9. It's usually been F8. F10, F12, or F4. So, I've even seen F6 before somewhere. I can't remember where, but I've seen F6. Uh, but yeah, that's that. That's I like that. I thought that was funny. Someone else asks, "Why am I in a camper?" Um, because I like to live a frugally, b travel, uh, and you know I don't need a whole lot in life. I'm content living in my tiny little itty bitty camper I really am I don't need a whole lot I have my computer my desk a working refrigerator a place to wash my clothes and a shower and my wife and my cat that's that's all I need in life really so I don't see the point in having a big home could I afford a big home yes would it be a waste of money in my eyes yes because I don't see a need to have a place that big it just my philosophy is don't take what you don't need why go have a big three-bedroom home if it's just me and my wife? I don't see the reason in that. This is much easier to maintain. It's much cheaper cheaper to maintain. It's smaller. And a little secret for you, my rent is $420 a month. That is great. Like, that is wonderful. I, I don't pay much, and that includes power, water, and gas. So... I think that's that's a pretty sweet deal, if you ask me. So yeah, it's a little small. It can be a little cramped at times, but I don't have a whole lot of stuff. So it's it's just it's a nice, small, easy going, simple way of life. Honestly, I've never really thought about it, but I reckon I reckon you're right. Uh, or not right. I reckon my philosophy here is just don't take what you don't need. But I reckon thanks for addressing that. I reckon the whole world needed to know. Let's see, somebody else comments, You don't need to cover your face if it isn't illegal. You don't need a flash drive or USB. Just use a simple Tor browser and a VPN if necessary on one of my Tor videos. Um, I, I like to teach people different 
things while I'm teaching them one thing. So in my Tor series, when I was accessing Tor so you can access onion sites and reroute your traffic through Tor, I taught the Tails method. I think that's a great way to beat scheme flooding because it's simple, doesn't have any extras. Uh, and while doing that, I'm also teaching people how to boot from a USB and install or somewhat install different operating systems with a USB. I'm teaching people and introducing them to Linux. As I'm sitting here, I just get someone else commenting on one of my videos. Who, uh, he says, who is the BF question mark on one of my dark web videos? Um, if you're saying boyfriend, I'm not sure. I don't have a boyfriend, I have a wife, but maybe. I'm not too sure, but uh, that's kind of interesting. That just happens. Kind of lost my train of thought there, but... Let's see, here's here's another good one. Someone says, the dark web can be a horrible place. Depends if you know how to dig. Or it can be pretty chill, fam. Just looking at markets in, then he says the S word. Um, yeah, it, it really can. It can be a, a terrible place. There are some really disgusting things out there. Um, but it can be a really chill place to be. There are some great, uh, IRC chats over Tor that I used to be, and I'm not in anymore. I actually prefer Element now. Uh, I just kind of see IRC being phased out. I, I like, or I say Element. It's technically a Matrix server, but I use the Element client. Um, but yeah, it can be a great place to chill. It can be a terrible place to chill. But I prefer just to route my traffic over Tor, and that's the whole point of me teaching and, and showing you guys how to access it is to route your traffic through it for privacy reasons. I'm not breaking the law or anything, but yeah, thanks for, for pointing that out, and that, that is something that needs to be addressed, so thank you for that. Let's see, someone says in one of my videos, I think it was my one of my tour videos here, he says, bro, you got a naked girl on your couch, man, and is winning in life. Uh, she wasn't naked, she just had one of those tops on that cover the front but not the back if you know what I mean and that was my wife she was just chilling on my couch it happens this is part of life you know uh, her face wasn't in it though so and even if it was it's not that big of a deal but she's big privacy nerd like me but yeah it's, it's just that's just how it goes that's just how it goes someone also comments on I, I made a video about social media at recently and how you can identify people through social media and what little pieces of information can lead to really big results especially in OSINT and in my field comments I'm 32 and I've always had all my social media private and my public pictures identifiable also don't have LinkedIn my name is uncommon or my name is pretty common and that's that's important too that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Keeping your social media as private as possible if you have to have it. Um, if you have a common name, that works. If you don't have a common name, it's probably good to use a common alias online. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's I reckon my name's pretty common. I don't know. I've heard it a few times. Kyle Reese. It's also someone from um, it's the, the Terminator. Uh, Kyle Reese. He was the guy who went back in time. I believe he was John Connor's father in the first one. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here, but yeah, let's see. Somebody asks, how many people have you actually found? One, this is when I did my AMA, my skip tracing video, um, explaining that I'm a skip tracer. Did a little ask me anything. I thought it would be fun to boot to kick my account off with. Let's see. 
more than I can count. Uh, I find, I find, let's, I don't, I couldn't really put a number on it. I have, if you know those yellow notebooks, the, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about if you've been in an office space, the, the big, thick yellow notebook. Well, I have, like, a bunch, just a big, like, dresser drawer full of them, just slap full of them. Eat on each page, back and front, is a job number. And that's people I found. Now, those are the, the simple ones. And a lot of that stuff is really simple. It, when I started out, I was doing it just process for just a process serving company. They needed a skip tracer and someone to work full time and do the skip tracing work. So I kept track of it. And over time, you know, you do so many. I tried to get 15 done a day. That was my goal. Over time, it just adds up, and you just get notebooks on notebooks full, and some of them have notes in them, and I've drawn notes in them, and little things to help me out, and all sorts of little stuff in those notebooks. But I got notebooks full of different jobs that I've done. So I reckon I would say over over a thousand, but I'm not too sure. I cover I cover a pretty big region where we're at, so I'm not too sure how many. I couldn't put a number on it. But I'd imagine it'd be pretty big. Now, by any means, I want to go ahead and say this now. I am not the biggest, best expert in this. I'm just a professional in the field. There are people way better than me, and I try to introduce myself to them, take notes, and learn from them. But, yeah, it, there are people way better than me. And there, you'll always have jobs that you, you start, and they bother you, and they bother you, and you never actually find them. That's what drives me crazy. I just want to say, when you never find them, it drives me crazy. But like I always say, if the information is out there, a skip trace, or not like I always say, Frank Ahern always says, he said it in his book, if the information is out there, a skip trace worth his money, you'll find it. That's, that goes to the show. And a lot of the, the cases I don't find are usually people that are just old, never used technology, disappeared. Like, there was this one who's a... Uh, a the old Vietnam veteran lived out in the middle of the woods never found him I was able to talk to relatives and, and locals and they just say he never comes out the woods he lives in the woods it, it was weird and stereotypical but that's how it goes that's where I'm going to end this uh, thank you guys for all your wonderful questions please feel free to email me if you have any questions or anything like that I am always here to listen if you have any great tips or maybe I said something wrong in this please just down below, I'm leaving my email, email it to me, or if you don't feel like emailing me, you can DM me on any of my social media. Thank you, and we're going to get back to the main episode. Alright, so, there's a final part, where, where, as we're wrapping things up, I always like to talk about something briefly towards the end. You guys know my formula. I like to stick to my formula. But I have some changes coming soon. Um, I actually do have someone coming on the show soon, I hope, to talk to you guys. But we're going to go ahead and I'm going to teach you guys how to start hacking. So I get the question all the time. My DMs are flooded. If, if, I, could, if I could gather up all of the DMs I've had to delete of people trying to force me it's been really weird sometimes but they just i've had people try to intimidate me into teaching them how to to hack and i'm like you're really intimidating the wrong guy um and it's not a great idea like you should go about that a little bit better your approach is way off but teaching me 
teaching them though and teaching you the best way on how to hack, how to do OSINT, how to conduct an OSINT re- OSINT report, or OSINT research, how to do hacking recon, and and how to do hacking, and how to start programming, and 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 how to start network administration, and all these things. Okay, I get DMs all the time, and it's usually pretty basic. It's usually someone who doesn't know much. They spell like three words wrong. And they ask me, hey, bro, can you teach me how to hack PLZ, please, now, please, I need to know. Like, I got a DM this week saying, I need to know how to hack but in one year, and I need to be an expert, and you're going to teach me. And I told them, nothing. I didn't reply because, A, that's rude, and B, if you think you can learn this in just a year, you're way off. And I'm going to teach you how to learn. I'm going to teach you right now. It's very simple. Stop sitting and mindlessly scrolling through social media all the time. I've had the problem, and I had to start cutting things off, is we all like we get home from work, or some of you may be high schoolers or even middle schoolers. You get home from work, and or you get home from school. First thing you do, you, you put your bag down, you go, you sit on the couch or on the bed, you get your phone out, and you just start mindlessly, mind-numbingly scrolling. Stop. Put your phone up, if you're not futuring your education here, and just for one hour, just one hour is all it's going to take. Every day, get on your computer, or, or open a book, get on your Kindle, get on your, do something to learn donate just an hour a day and learn towards it. There are tons and tons of great books on OSINT and hacking and network security and IT that you can just start and you can start learning. Um, A great place to start. If you know nothing about computers and you want to end up... If your goal is to be an awesome, uh, super cool hacker that you saw on TV or something, that's A, probably not going to happen because most of that's Hollywood. Um, But B... If, if that's your goal, it's time to start donating your time. Your time is valuable. An hour a day. A great place to start? Look into the CompTIA A Plus certification. That's where I started. And it's a great place to start learning about computers. Now, I, I did a whole episode about where I started, but getting my f- starting out learning about computers, that was one of the major books. Mike Myers had a great book, and there were some other ones that I found at my library at the time that were some great books to start learning about computers learn how they work learn all the different components about how they work learn how to fix them troubleshoot them because once you understand it you can start to break it you can start to dissect it you can start to take it apart that's what hacking is all about is taking things apart investigating it and trying to make it do something that it wasn't originally necessarily supposed to be doing so a great place to start, start learning into intro-level certifications. I'm not saying you have to get the certifications, but the courses and a lot of the free material is great places to start learning how technology in and of itself works. It's a great place to start. Just just dedicate your time. And another thing is stop asking people to teach you. First of all, it's not. It's probably not going to happen. If you're just DMing and spam DMing different people to teach you, it's probably not going to happen. I don't have time to teach everybody that tries to come. I've tried. I have tried and tried and tried to come up with ways to teach. I don't have time. 
Now, if I make a course one day, that'd be one thing. It's not going to be any sort of certification course. It's just going to be a course on how I've learned and some things I could teach you. But other than that, it's time to stop asking people. It's time to just start doing um, something else that may help you. When you get started, and this is kind of what happened with me. For years, I was, I was, doing, I was kind of doing a little bit of everything. You know, I did a little bit of network, networking stuff here, sniffing packets and things like that. And then over here, I did a little bit of OSINT. And then over here, I did a little, a little bit of cross-site scripting. Over here, I did a little uh, Python programming. Here, I did a little uh, trying to come up with exploits and writing my own exploits in zero days. And then eventually, I just found a niche that I fell in love with. And that was OSINT. For me, OSINT is just something I completely fell in love with and loved it. So... As you start your journey, it's good to just kind of get well-rounded with things, get a good basis of knowledge around everything, and then find that one niche or that one sub-niche in this niche that is for you. And OSINT is what I just fell in love with. I love OSINT. It's, it is, that's my thing. That's what I love doing. I'm passionate about it. I could talk about it for hours. But you just need to apply your time into a good, well-rounded understanding of everything, reading books, maybe listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, all sorts of things you can do. You can find PDFs for tons of books online. Um, I'm not encouraging you to pirate anything, but what I'm saying is the material is available. Watch YouTube videos. Start educating yourself. Stop being lazy and sitting on your phone and mindlessly scrolling. That's going to wrap it up. I'm done. That's my mic drop. I would drop my mic, but I'm afraid that I would stop recording and it'd be kind of awkward for you guys to awkwardly listen to mic swapping and me plugging it back up. Um, but yeah, that's I'm going to wrap it up. If you guys have any questions, have any corrections or anything like that, please feel free to DM me, email me, do whatever. If you would like to sponsor the show, my email is in the description. I would love a good sponsorship other than Anchor because it's getting kind of dull. Uh, thank you. I hope you guys are having a great one wherever you are. If this episode sounded kind of dull, it's because it's like 11.30 at night. I have work in a few hours, and I am tired. Have a great night. I love all of you. If you need anything, if, you, if I can help you with anything, feel free to reach out. Be safe, my people. Be private, my people.